Please support The Bar by like, subscribe, and sharing my casts. Follow my social media at Facebook, Instagram, Gab, Parlor, BitChute, YouTube, DLive, Twitch, CloutHub, and Rumble. Or join my subscribe star. Make a donation by clicking on the links on the description box. I am a listener-supported show, so any of the above is greatly appreciated. Help me grow and spread the truth since the mainstream media obviously does not want to support truth. All links are listed on the description box. God bless you and enjoy. Welcome to the Speak Uneasy, a safe space where cancel culture does not exist because we are in a different prohibition era.
exceptionary No dictionary can define what's genuinely indescribable Very exceptionary No ordinary phrase can capture you Now some might say that you're tremendous You are so much more stupendous So magnificent, so magnanimous If we voted it'd be unanimous Very exceptionary This temporary phrase will have to do Good day, and welcome to another episode of the Speak Uneasy with your host, the bartender. Today's random read is going to come off the first book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through through 34. The resurrection defended. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are all we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead, and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming then cometh the end and he shall have de- he shall have delivered up the kingdom of the kingdom to god even the father when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power for he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death for he hath put all things under his feet But when he saith, all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is expected, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, 
then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the death? And why stand we in jeopardy every hour? I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. If after the man manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantageth it me? If the dead rise not, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness, and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Once again, this random read comes from the first book of Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 12 through 34, the resurrection defended. Um, that's pretty, I, I still have to read on to that to kind of understand it because that's just the way my mind is. It's my mind is a very simplistic mind, not to mention that I, I was a horrible student in school. So my comprehension to, to writings like that, that, you know, that's written like that in old English ways, I, I can't understand it until I keep reading it and reading it and reading it. So this is like the third time today I read that because I was trying to understand it, but I, I kind of get a little bit of it, but I still got to read on some more. Anyhow, I'm just going to be pushing these uh, episodes as much as I can. Uh, time is being pressed. Like, I don't know. I really don't know how much more time God is going to give us. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to be pushing out as much as I can. And, um, you know, just, just, just observing what the world has come to these days. You know, it, I think God has shown me that time is of the essence. It's ticking. And, um, I think I got to push out as much as I can as far as, you know, trying to connect people with God and just trying to, just trying to share stuff that I've, dis I've not discovered, but things that I found out as I was growing. And, um, you know, especially this thing with the whole Jesuit order and stuff, it's, I, I was raised Roman Catholic. I went to a private Catholic school for nine years from kindergarten all the way to eighth grade and didn't know. I, I really had no clue about how, how the Romanists were. I had no clue. I wasn't taught that history. I probably was taught that history in public school, but really didn't pay attention only because I really didn't care about what was being taught in school. And I think in hindsight now, I can, I can honestly say that I'm glad that I, that my mind wasn't sunk into what they were teaching in school because 
now that I've gone through my, you know, now as I'm going through my life, I, I was about to say when I was going through my life, I'm still going through life because I'm still alive. And uh, I would know I would never do anything to harm myself. But I'm just saying that as I get older, I've I've self-taught myself things. I've I've bumped into information that I wanted to know about. It's not one of these things that was forced into my brain. Like I'm 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 reaching out to information that I didn't have any clue about and um it's helping me determine things as I grow. And uh, a huge part of that a huge part of that is finding Christ. You know, um, like I said, I was raised Roman Catholic. I used to go to church every Sunday as a child. It was forced. I didn't want to go. <laughs> I mean, what's the point? What's the point in going to church or mass or whatever when you don't want to go? Is that, I mean, you think that physically being there is going to get you some points to get up to heaven? No, that's not what God's all about. God wants you to be there because you want to be there. And besides, I mean, I have qualms about the Roman Catholic Church um, just based on the history of how they've treated people and how they've forced their beliefs into other people by using death, <laughs> by threatening people's lives, saying, hey, if you don't convert to 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 with us, then we're going to get you. And I have big qualms about that. Not to mention that I'm beginning to see the, the whole, you know, as far as the mass goes, there's a lot of blasphemous things that go on there. And and, and also with the Pope kind of kind of uh, kind of um, equating himself to God is I have a problem with that. I really do. Because I I don't think anybody walking here on earth is God at all. Although they may they may feel that way, especially when it comes to like celebrities and these sports stars, they 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 kind of equate themselves as such. And a lot of these even the new age thinkers, they 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 try to do this thing where you're you're trying to equate yourself as your own god. And that's that's wrong. That's wrong. Okay, I, I strongly disagree with that. You know, God has no limit. We have limits. So there is no way. And and to bear all that responsibility of being God, mm -mm. I couldn't do it. Could do you think you can have mercy on all these people who, who Dutch do such heinous stuff to other people and still love them? I mean... We're supposed to, right? Christ is, is supposed to be like a guidance of how we're supposed to live. But honestly, if you think, I mean, with the human flesh, do you think that's even possible to love somebody who does heinous things to other human beings? I don't know. I, I, I definitely can't do it. I can't. You know, and, and you know, I that might be taking away heaven points for me. But at least I can be honest with myself, you know, and 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 I think God can see my intentions behind that too. 
especially when it comes to little children being victims, you know? That's that that's a big deal for me. Anyhow, I'm going a little bit off here, a little bit off. I want to keep on subject because I want to continue on to this um this dig on um Ignatius of Loyola. Okay, this is going to be a part 3. A part 3 uh series. No, not a three-part series. This is going to be part three of the series. How's that? I had to <laughs> to reword that. Okay. So um, these are not my works. This is just stuff that I've bumped into. And also when I was going to college, I wrote, I wrote about like I wrote a paper about the Jesuit order. And this was heavily my my um go-to as far as getting my information. So I'm going to read off of this uh, text over here from reformation.org. Um, and if you want to look it up, I highly recommend you do. If, if this is your thing, then yeah. Um, I've read the first two chapters. Now we're going to go with chapter three. So here we go. We're going to take a break in between just so we can break the video up or I'm sorry, the audio up because I know this is going to be going to my recorded content. So uh, you guys don't have to hear my redundant, my, my uh, what do you call it, my monotone reading voice or my boring voice or even mispronouncing of words and stuff. Anyhow, chapter three, organization and training of the Jesuits. This should be interesting right here. The long delayed wishes of Loyola had been realized and his efforts abortive in the past had now at length been crowned with success. The papal bull had given formal exercise to the order. What Christ had done in heaven, his vicar and ratified on the earth. But Loyola was too wise to think that all had been accomplished. He knew that he was only at the beginning of his labors in the little band around him, he saw but the nucleus of an army that would multiply and expand till one day it should be as the stars in multitude and bear the standard of victory to every land on earth. The gates of the east were meanwhile closed against him. But the western world would not always set limits to the triumphs of his spiritual arms. He would yet subjugate both hemispheres and extend the dominion of Rome from the rising to the setting sun, which were the schemes of Loyola, who did under his mendicant's cloak an ambition vast as Alexander's was at the moment revolving. Assembling his comrades one day about this time, he addressed them. His biographer, Burhars, tells us in a long speech, saying, Ought we not to conclude that we are called to win to God? Not only a single nation, a single country, but all nations, all the kingdoms of the world. I think this guy is using God's name in order for him to rule the world or some, something like that. An army to conquer the world, Loyola was forming, but he knew that nothing is stronger than its weakest part. 
and therefore the soundness of every link, the thorough discipline and tried fidelity of every soldier in his mighty host was with him an essential point then could be secured only by making each individual before enrolling himself pass through an ordeal that should sift and try and harden him to the utmost. But the first, the company of Jesus had to elect a head. The dignity was offered to Loyola. He modestly declined the post, as Julius Caesar did the Diadem. After four days spent in prayer and penance, his disciples returned and humbly supplicated him to be their chief. Ignatius, viewing this as an intimation of the will of God, consented. He was first general of the order. Few royal uh, sceptres bring with them such an amount of real power as the election bestowed on Loyola. The day would come when the tiara itself would bow before that yet mightier authority, which was represented by the cap of the general of, Jes of the Jesuits. Okay, so this is a little thing here, just a little observation that, that I want to make here. And I, I know I'm. this is going to be a long read, and I just thought I'd plug this in. There's a difference between him and um, Martin Luther. So when Martin Luther did his thing to seek what the truth is, he went straight to scriptures, man. He went straight to the word of God while this guy was performing rituals and going into self-thought as opposed to using God's word as his guide. So there's a difference between the two. Okay, that's that's, you know, that's something that you got to catch. Is the guy looking from within for answers or is the guy actually going to scripture from the word of God? To, to guide him there's two different things there because when you start doing this whole ritual thing within yourself which is kind of like new age stuff you're inviting demons into you that you don't even have a clue what their intentions are about okay as opposed i mean you know the devil can confuse you with scriptures but at least you have that word of you have that guide with you and the thing about scriptures is you can always compare scriptures to scriptures to, to validate things if it's of God. So although the devil may confuse you, as much as you can, you have to validate each reading to other readings in the book to validate what it is. So just be mindful of that. I just thought I'd throw that in there because that's something that I've been learning too. Anyhow, the second step was to frame the constitutions, in quotes, of the society. In this labor, Loyola accepted the aid of Lainez, the ablest of his converts. Seeing it was at God's command that Ignatius had planned the tree of Jesuitism in the spiritual vineyard, it was to be expected that the constitutions of the company would proceed from the same high source. The constitutions were declared to be a revelation from God, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. This gave them absolute authority over the members. 
I don't get it. Well, how is that even possible when you're not even going through scriptures for that? Um, <laughs> how can you, I mean, how can you do that? Uh, and pave the way for the substitution of the constitution and canons of the society of Jesus in the room of Christianity itself. The canons and instructions were not published. Hmm, I wonder why. They were not communicated to all the members of the society. So th that's another thing too. Like, why would you hide stuff? Why would you hide stuff? You know, is th there's something nefarious going on if you're hiding things from people already. Um, they were made known to, to a few only, in all their extent to a very few. They took care of print. Uh, they took care to print them in their own college at Rome, or in their college at Prague. And if it happened that they were printed elsewhere, they secured and destroyed the edition. Man, see, see what I mean, man. God don't work that way. God does. God will never hide anything from you. You know who hides stuff from you? The devil does. The devil hides things from people, or sometimes he hides it in plain sight. So that's another thing you got to be weary of. God will never, he will never keep secrets from you. He would never. I cannot discover, says M. De La, was that Shalotai? Shalotai? Uh, that the constitution of the Jesuits have ever been seen or examined by any uh, tribunal whatsoever, secular or ecclesiastic, by any sovereign not even by the court of chancery of Prague, Prague, when permission was asked to print them. They have taken all sorts of precautions to keep them secret. <laughs> For a century, they were concealed from the knowledge of the world. Hmm. And it was an accident which at last dragged them into the light from the darkness in which they had so long been buried. Dude, who lives in the light, man? Or who, I mean, sorry, who lives in the darkness? It's not, God does not live in the darkness. God is the one who brings light to the darkness. So there's problems already just, just, just based on just reading those parts, you know, doing stuff in secrecy, hiding stuff from their members. I mean, come on, man. It is not easy. Perhaps it is not possible to say what number of volumes the constitution of the Jesuits form. Uh, M. Lewis, René de la Chalotte, uh procreator, uh, general of King Louis XV, in his report on the constitutions of the Jesuits, giving in to the Parliament of Bretagne, speaks of 50 volumes folio. That was the year 1761, or 221 years after the founding of the order. This code, th then enormous, must be greatly more so now. More so now, seeing every bull and brief of the Pope addressed to the society, every edict of its generals, is much more added to a legislation that is continually augmenting. We doubt whether any members of the order is found bold enough to undertake a complete study of them, or engages enough to reconcile all their contradictions and inconsistencies 
prudently abstaining from venturing into a labyrinth from which he may never emerge, he simply asks, not what to do the constitutions say, but what does the general command, practically the will of his chief is the code of the Jesuits. Okay, so I don't get this. Don't do what the constitution says, but do what your general commands you to do. So what's the point of having a constitution? Uh, this is very confusing to me. We shall consider the powers of the general. The original bull of Paul III, constituting the company gave to Ignatius de Loyola with nine priests, his companions, uh, the power to make constitutions and particular rulers or rules and also to alter them. The legislative power thus rested in the hands of the general and his company. That is, in a congress, a congregation representing them. But when Loyola died and Lanay succeeded him as general, one of his first acts was to assemble a congregation and cause it to be decided that the general only had the right to make rules. This crowned the autocracy of the general. For while he was the power of legislating for all others, one, uh, no one may legislate for him. He acts without control, without responsibility, without law. It is true that in, a, in, a certain, case, in certain cases, the society may depose the general, but it cannot exercise its power unless it is assembled, and the, and the general alone can assemble the congregation, the whole order, with all its authority is, in fact, compromised, uh, comprised in him. Wow, this is so... They don't have, like... It's not like a government branch where they have senators and congresspeople and stuff like that. It's just it's just like having... um, What you call it? It's like having a king for a kingdom. Like, I'll decide everything for all of us. Is pretty much what that is. Monarchy. It's it's like a monarchy. In virtue of his prerogative, the general can command and regulate everything in the society. See what I mean? He may make special constitutions for the advantage of the society, and he may alter them, abrogate them, and make new ones. Dude, this is this is a monarchy, dude. Dating them at any time he pleases. They can make the rules as they go. And that's pretty much what the Jesuits are known for. They make rules as they go in the name of Jesus. It's not a mistake that they call themselves the Society of Jesus. You know? They make it seem that they're men of Christ, but honestly, mm-mm, mm-mm. These new rules must be regarded as confirmed by apostolic authority. Not, okay, apostolic, like who? Who ordained them to be apostles of Christ? Who who did? You know what I'm saying? Not merely from the time they were made, but the time they are dated. The general assigns to all provin- provincial uh, provincials, superiors, and members of the society of whatever grade the powers they are to exercise, the places where they are to labor. <laughs> the missions they are to discharge and he may 
annul or confirm their acts at his pleasure. He, they're talking about the general's powers, I guess. He has the right to nominate provincials and rectors to admit or exclude members to say what preferred dignity they are or not to accept to charge. I'm sorry, to change the destination of legacies. My goodness, man. It's, it's pretty much do what you want to do. And though to give money to his relatives exposes him to the de deposition, he may yet give alms to any amount that he may deem con conducive to the glory of God. Okay. So let's use God. Let's use God at, at the same time. We're doing all these things, you know, because it makes it holy, so-called, right? He invests, moreover, with the entire government and regulation of the college colleges of the society. He may institute missions in all parts of the world. When commanding in the name of Jesus Christ and in virtue of obedience, he commands under the penalty of mortal and venial sin. From his orders, there is no appeal to the Pope. He can release from vows. He can examine into the consciousness of the members but it is useless to particularize the general is the society. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's a monarchy, dude. I'm the king. Uh, what, what I say goes is pretty much what that is. Let's read a few more paragraphs here and we'll take a break. The general alone, we have said, has power to make laws, ordinances, and declarations. This power is theoretically bounded through particularly absolute, <laughs> or I'm sorry, though particularly absolute. Yeah, pretty much. It has been declared that everything is sensual, substantia institutionis, um, to the society uh, is immutable, and therefore removed beyond the power of the general. But it, it has never yet been determined what things belong to the essence of the institute. Many attempts have been made to solve this question, but this, but no solution that is comprehensible has ever been arrived at. And as long as the, this question remains without any, without an answer, the powers of the general will remain without a limit. Must be nice, man. Must be nice to do whatever you want using God's name. I guess in this world, it's nice, but I kind of feel bad for you in the next, especially when judgment comes, man. And this is the problem. This is the problem. They're equating themselves as God is at that point. You're ready. You're, you're equating yourself as God. And there's a problem with that. There's a big problem with that. You know, uh, I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't, there weren't stories about, about, um, Luther doing stuff like this. This is crazy, dude. You know? He went directly to the Bible and used every word in the Bible and stuck with it. And never he never put himself above anybody. He never did. He fought tooth and nail to get the truth out. He fought hard and went through a lot of suffering doing it. And look, this is not me trying to take sides, but it's it's me doing a comparison of both. Both with Ignatius and Martin Luther, they went both two different, different opposite ways, man. And they're both men. They're supposedly both men of God. 
All right. Let's do one more paragraph and we'll take a break. Let us next attend the organization of the society. The Jesuit monarchy covers the globe. <laughs> you bet it does. At its head, we have said, is a sovereign who rules over all, but is himself ruled over by no one. <laughs> this gets even crazier, dude. And you're using God's name. That's the kicker right there. How can you even do something like that? For come six grand divisions uh, termed assistance, what? Assistance, assistance. Uh, this is foreign language to me. I'm sorry. Satrapies or princedoms. These comprehend the space stretching from the Indus to the Mediterranean, more particularly India, Spain, and Portugal, Germany and France, Italy and Sicily, Poland and Lithuania. Outside this area, the Jesuits have established missions. The heads of these six divisions act as co-adjutors to to their general. They are staff or cabinet. These six great divisions are subdivided into seven provinces. Over each province is placed a chief termed uh, a provincial. And provinces are again uh, subdivided into a variety of houses or establishments. What's the point of that when when you got only one ruler? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They're making, I don't know, man. That makes sense to me. First come the houses of the professed, presided over by their own provost. Next comes the college or houses of the novices and scholars, uh, presided over by their rector or supervisor rector huh <laughs> where these cannot be established residency uh, right residences are erected for the accommodation of the priests who preambulate the district preaching and hearing confessions and that's another thing too like you can only confess to 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 god of course, you you confess to to Jesus because he's the Jesus is the intercessor for us, right? Like that's another thing I have a problem with, man. Like confession with the whole the the Roman Catholic Church, it, it's all it, to me it's wrong. And lastly, may be mentioned mission quote mission houses in which Jesuits live unnoticed as a secular clergy, but seeking by all possible means to promote the interests of the society all right so uh you know what uh, let me let me uh let me do one more uh paragraph here a couple more i'll do two more a couple more paragraphs but this gets this gets very interesting about how the the hierarchy is you know from his chamber in rome the eye of the general surveys the world of jesuitism to its farthest bounds there is nothing done in which he does not see there is nothing spoken in it which he does not hear it becomes us to note the means by which this also almost i'm sorry almost superhuman intelligence is acquired every year a list of the houses and members of the society with the name talents virtues and failings of each is laid before the general 
Wow. They know everything about their members. That is, I mean, yeah. I mean, how else can you have control of people if you don't know everything about them, right? In addition to the annual report, every one of the 37 provincials must send him a report monthly to state to the state of his province. He must inform him minutely of its political and ecclesiastical condition. Every supervisor of a college must report once every three months. The heads of houses of residence and the houses of novelties must do the same. In short, from every quarter of this vast dominions comes a monthly and tri-monthly report. If the matter reported on the reference to persons outside the society, the Constitution directs that the provincials and superiors shall write to the gen general in cipher. Such precautions are taken against enemies, says M. D. Chalotte. Uh, is the system of the Jesuits inimic inimical to all governments? Thus to the general of the Jesuit, the world lies naked and open. He sees by a thousand eyes. He hears by a thousand ears. And when he has a behaste to execute, he can select the fittest agent from the from an innumerable host, all of whom are ready to do his bidding. Dude, this sounds like mafia. <laughs> I'm sorry, man, but this sounds like a mafia, dude. This is what it sounds like, dude. This is crazy. The past history, the good and the evil, who knows? Maybe the mafia got their, they got it from this. I don't know. The past history, the good and evil qualities of every member of the society, his talents, his disposition, his inclination, his tastes, his secret thoughts have all been strictly examined, minutely chronicled and laid before the eye of the general. It is the same as if he were present in person and had seen and conversed with each other, with each. My goodness, this is mind blowing stuff, man. I mean, okay, it 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 did sound like a, a monarchy because you know the general rules the whole society. But then, when they started breaking down into their provincials or whatever, man, it started to sound like it started to sound like a mafia fan. Like this is these are different mafia families. So I don't know, man. This is this is mind blowing stuff. This is my I'm enjoying this. And I hope you guys are too. But for now, let's take a break because, man, we're past 40 minutes just on the first half. So I will see you guys after the break. And uh, we'll start up again. And welcome back from the break. All right, so let's continue on. Let us press on. We have much to read. All ranks from the nobleman to the day laborer. All trades. From the opulent banker to the shoemaker and porter, all professions, from the stoled dignitary and the learned professor to the cowled uh, mendicant, all grades of literacy, of uh, all grades of literacy, literary men, literacy, from the philosopher, the mathematician, and the historian. To the schoolmaster and the reporter of 
the provincial newspaper, are enrolled in the society, marshaled and in continual attendance before the, their chief stand this, stand this host so large in numbers and so various in gifts. Okay, so this is another thing too that you got to be aware of. These Jesuits are in every, every walks of life. They're in every different types of life. It doesn't matter if they are powerful men, if they are blue-collared workers, if they're white-collared workers. It doesn't matter. They're there, man. They're there. So you just got to be careful with the who they are. At his word they go, and at his word they come, speeding over seas and mountains, across frozen steeps, or burning plains, or his errands. Uh, pestilence or battle or death may lie on his path. The Jesuits' obedience is not less prompt. Selecting one, the general sends him to the royal cabinet. Making choice of another, he opens to him the door of parliament. The third, he enrolls in a political club. A fourth, he places in the pulpit of a church whose creed he professes that he may betray it. A fifth he commands to mingle in the saloons of the literary the literati. A sixth he sends to act his part in the evangelical conference. A seventh he seats besides the domestic hearth. And the eighth he sends afar off to the to barbarous tribes where speaking a strange tongue and wearing a rough garment, he executes amidst hardships and perils the will of his superior. Man, so these guys are everywhere. It, it, it could be your neighbor next door. Kind of like the Freemasons, right? They're kind of like the Freemasons. They're in every walks of life. There is no disguise which the Jesuits will not wear. No art will he employ. No motive he will not fiend. No creed he will not profess, provided only he can acquit himself a true soldier in the Jesuit army and accomplish the work on which he has been sent forth. We have men, exclaimed the general exultingly, as he glanced over the long roll of philosophers, orators, statesmen, and scholars who stood before him, ready to serve him in the state or in the church, in the camp, or in the school, at home or abroad, we have men in martyrdom if they be required. Okay, so here's a problem with this. These men are serving another man. These serve are serving the, quote, general of the Jesuit order. They're not serving God anymore, although the general will use God's name, right? There's a problem there. It's men serving men. It's not man serving God. And besides, you know, the general can command him to do anything, anything, anything. No one can be enrolled in the society of Jesus till he has undergone a severe and long continued course of training. Let us glance at the several grades of that great army and the preparatory discipline in the case of each. There are four classes of Jesuits. We begin with the lowest, the novelties. Uh, I'm sorry, novelties, the novitiates, 
are the first in order of admission, the last in dignity. When one presents himself for admission into the order, a strict scrutiny takes place into his talents, his disposition, his family, his former life, and if it is seen that he is not likely to be of service to the society, he is at once dismissed. If his fitness appears probable, he is received into the house of primary probation. Here he is forbidden all intercourse with the servants within and his relations outside of the house. A compend of the institution is submitted for his consideration. The full body of laws and regulations begin with be, being withheld from him as yet. If he possesses property, he is told that he must give it to the poor, that is to the society. Wow. So you're giving up you're giving up your belongings to this this society. <laughs> wow. Uh very interesting. His tact and address, his sound judgment and business talent, and, and this is also to this is for the, the greater of the society, I guess. Um, his health and body bodily vigor are also are all closely watched and noted. Above all, his obedience is subjected to severe experiment. If he acquits himself on the trial to the satisfaction of his examiners, he receives the sacrament and is advanced to the house of second probation. Here the, dis the discipline is of a yet uh, severe kind. The novitiate first devotes a certain period to confess of sins and meditation. Okay, this is this is where I have problems with because who are you confessing the sins to? Are you confessing it to another person? Uh, because all confession of sins should be directed towards Christ. He next fulfills a course of service in the hospitals, learning humility by helping the poor and ministering at the beds of the sick. To further his advance in, his, in this grace, he next spends a certain term in begging his bread from door to door. Thus he learns to live in the chorist uh, coarsest fare and to sleep on the hardest couch to protect himself in a virtue of self abnegation he next discharges for a while the most humiliate humili humiliating and repulsive offices in the house in which he lives and now this course of service ended he is invited to show his powers of operating on others by communicating instructions to the boys in Christian doctrine by hearing confessions and by preaching in public. This course is to last two years unless the superior should see fit to shorten it on the ground of greater zeal or superior talent. The period of probation at the end, the candidate for admission into the order of Jesus is to present himself before the superior furnished with certi uh, certificates from those under whose eye he has fulfilled the six experimenta or trials as to the manner in which he has acquitted himself. 
if the testimonials should prove satisfactory to the superior, the novitiate is enrolled, not as yet in the company of the Jesuits, but among the indifference. Okay, so I guess you 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 level up. You you get up to level three, I guess. Man, this is this is almost like Freemasonry, right? With the with the levels of Freemasonry, he is presumed to have no choice as regarded the place he is to occupy. In the August court, he aspires to enter. He leaves that entirely to the decision of the superior. He is equally ready to stand at the head or at the foot of the body to discharge the most menial or the most dignified service to play his part in the saloons of the great encompassed by luxury and splendor or to discharge his mission in the hovels of the poor in the midst of misery and filth to remain home uh, or to go to the end the ends of the period of probation at an end the candidate for admission into the order of the G, uh, the order of Jesus is to present himself before the superior, uh, furnished with certificates from those under whose eyes I, I I read this already. I read this already. Whose eyes have fulfilled the six experimenta or trials, as to the manner in which he is acquitted himself. If testimonials testimonials shall prove. Uh, satisfactory to the superior no, no yeah I've read this already this is weird why does it repeat itself okay uh, I'm gonna go down to the next paragraph here this further trial gone through the approved novitiate may now take the three simple vows poverty chastity and obedience which with certain modifications he must ever after renew twice every year. The novitiate is now admitted into the class of scholars. The Jesuits have colleges of their own, amply endowed by wealthy devotees, and to one of these the novitiate is sent to receive instruction in the higher mysteries of the society. Dude, this is... Okay, so earlier I said it sounded like mafia, and now the initiation is, it sounds more like Freemasonry. It sounds exactly like Freemasonry. Uh, mysteries of the society. His intellectual powers are here more severely tested and trained, and according to the genius and subtlety he may display in his progress in his studies, is so the post assigned him in due time in the order the qualities to be desired and condemned uh, commended commended not condemned but commended in the scholars say the constitutions are acuteness of talent brilliancy of example the soundness of body there are to be chosen men picked from the flower of the top I mean I'm sorry flower of the troop and the general has absolute power in admitting or dismissing them according to his ex expectations of their utility in promoting the design of the institute having finished his course first as simple scholar 
And secondly, as an approved scholar, he renews his three vows and passes into the third class of coadjutors. The coadjutors are divided into temporal and spiritual. The temporal coadjutors, uh, it sounds like I'm saying that word wrong, coadjutors, coadjutors, I don't know, is never admitted into holy orders. Such are retained to minister in the lowest offices. They become college cooks, porters, or purveyors, for these are... For these and similar purposes, it is held exp- expedient that they should be lovers of virtue and perfection, and content to severe the society in the careful office of uh, Martha, of a Martha. The spiritual coadjutors must be a priest of adequate learn, uh, learning that he may assist the society in hearing confessions and giving instructions in Christian doctrine. Hmm. It is from among the spiritual coadjutors and the rectors of colleges are usually selected by the general. It is a further privilege of theirs that they may be assembled in congregation to deliberate with the professional members in matters of importance, but no vote is granted them in the election of a general. Having passed with uh, approbation the many stringent tests to which he is here subjected in order to perfect his humility and obedience, and having duly deposited in the ex- was this exchequer, exchequer of the society, whatever property he may happen to possess? The spiritual coadjutor, if a candidate for the highest grade, is admitted to the oblation of his vows, which are similar in form and substance to those who has already taken, with his exception, that they assign to the general the place of God I promise so runs the oath to the omnipotent God in presence of his virgin mother man they're equate so so that's another problem I have they equate they equate Mary as a God she's not and of all the heavenly hierarchy and to thee father general of the society of Jesus holding the place of God see look at that man Father General of the Society of Jesus holding the place of God. Really? With his oath sworn on its threshold, he enters the inner circle of the society and is enrolled enrolled among the professed. The professed members constitute the society par excellence. They alone they alone know its deepest secrets. This is just like free, this is it's a carbon copy of freaking Freemasonry, dude. And they alone wield its highest powers. But perfection in Jesuitism cannot be reached otherwise than by the loss of manhood, will, judgment, conscience, liberty, all the Jesuit lays 
All the Jesuit lays down at the feet of his general. Dude, so they they're they're worshiping him like a god is what they're doing, man. This is nuts, man. This is nuts. Uh it is a tremendous sacrifice, but to him the general is God. He now takes his fourth or peculiar vow in which he binds himself to go without question, delay, or repugnance to whatever region of the earth and on whatever errand the Pope may be, may be pleased to send him. This he promises to the omnipotent God and to his general holding the, the place of God the wisdom, justice, righteousness of the command, he is not to question. He is not even to permit his mind to dwell upon it for a moment. Dude, this is crazy. It is the command of his general, and the command of his general is the precept of the Almighty. (laughs) Gosh. I'm sorry to be laughing, but this is nuts, dude. To me, this is this is crazy, dude. Why would you, why would you equate this general to God? Nah, dude, no. His superiors are over him, in place of the divine majesty. In not fewer than five hundred places in the constitutions, says M. de la Chalotte, are expressions used similar to the following. We must always see Jesus Christ in the general. What? No, man. No, no, I disagree. Be obedient to him in all his behests as if they came directly from God himself. No, dude. No, man. No. Because at that point, you are you're you're calling yourself a God. dude. This is crazy, man crazy absolutely crazy uh when the command of the superior goes forth the person to whom it is directed it is not to say till he has finished the letter his pen is tracing say the constitutions he must give instant compliance so that holy obedience may be perf- may be perfect in us in every point in execution in will in intellect. <laughs> Gosh. If you get suckered into this, man, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Obedience is styled the tomb of the will of blessed blindness, which causes the soul to see the road to salvation, and the members of the society are taught to immolate their will as a sheep is sacrificed. The Jesuit is to be in the hands of his superior as the axe is in the hands of the woodcutter or as a staff in the hands of an old man which serves him whoever and in whatever thing he is pleased to use it. In fine, the constitutions enjoin that they who live under obedience shall permit themselves to be moved and directed under divine providence by their superiors just as if they were a corp- corpse. <laughs> this is crazy, dude. 
which allows itself to be moved and handled in any way. Man, it's like, yeah, go ahead and take possession of me, dude. I, I'm here at I'm here at your disposal. I'm a puppet for you. This is nuts, dude. Uh, the annals of mankind do not furnish another example of a despotism so finished. We know of no other instance in which the members of the body are so numerous or the ramifications so wide, and yet the was this centralization and cohesion so perfect. We have traced at some length the long and severe discipline which every member must undergo before being admitted into the select class that by way of eminence constitute the society before arriving on the threshold of the inner circle of Jesuitism three times has the candidate passed through that terrible ordeal first as a novice second as a scholar thirdly as a coadjutor uh, is his training held to be complete when he is admitting among the professed? No. A fourth... Well, there's more. There's more steps you got to go through. No. A fourth time must he undergo the same dreadful process. He is thrown back again into the crucible and kept amid its fires till pride to and abstinency and self-will and love of seas till judgment uh, soul and conscience have all been purged out of him and then never rebels the most difficult and dangerous enterprises he may assign him in the words of an eloquent writer talk of drilling and discipline why the drilling and discipline it's easy because what they're doing is they're they're brainwashing the person is pretty much what they're doing. They're brain they're 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 programming in they're programming that person to be controllable is what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That's my opinion. Like I I don't know anything about psychology, but just by the sounds of it, it sounds like they want somebody who's programmable. Um oh man talk of drilling and discipline why the drilling and discipline which gave to alexander the men that marched in triumph from macedonia to the in indus to caesar yeah see what i mean this is programmable people the men that are uh, that marched in triumph from rome to the wilds of caledonia to hannibal the men that marched in triumph from Cathar catharji to rome to napoleon the men whose achievements surpassed in brilliance uh, the united glories of the soldiers of Macedonian or Macedon of Carthage and of Rome, and to Wellington, the men who smote into the dust the very flower of Napoleon's chivalry. Why the drilling of the discipline of these combined cannot, in point of stern rigid and protracted severity for a moment to be compared to the drilling of and discipline which fitted and molded men for becoming full members of the militant institute of the jesuits such loyola was uh the corpse 
the corps uh, that was needed to to confront the armies of the Protest- Protestantism and turn back the advancing tide of light and liberty. Touched with the divine fire, the disciples of the gospel attained at once to a complete uh, renunciation of self and a mag- magnanimity of soul which enabled to uh, which enabled them to brave all dangers and endure all sufferings and to bear the standard of a recovered gospel over deserts and oceans in the midst of hunger and pestilence of dungeons and racks and fiery fiery stakes it was vain to think of overcoming warriors like these unless the combatants of an equal temper and spirit and Loyola himself set himself to fashion such he could not clothe them with the pan, uh, panoply of light he could not inspire them with the holy and invincible courage of the springs from faith nor could he enkindle their souls with the love of the Savior and the joys of of the life eternal, as that should despise the sufferings of time. But he could give them their counterfeits. He could enkindle them with fanaticism, inspire them with the Luciferian ambition. Because <laughs> ah, that sound Luciferian is is equated to Freemasonry. It really is, in a nutshell. And so pervert and indurate their souls by evil maxims and long and rigorous training that they should be insensible to shame and pain and would come suffering and death. Such were the weapons of the men he sent forth of the battle. Man. Uh, now, I don't know what you guys got from that, but it really explained a lot about what the Jesuit order is about and why they go through that. I think the reason why they go through that strenuous, that strenuous um, steps to become a Jesuit is because they want people who are loyal, who will not betray and who are willing to do what it takes no matter what, you know, no matter what, even for somebody who, who who wouldn't take an extra step to do certain things. They try to get you all like numb. They don't want somebody who's a ta- who has emotions at all. I mean, that's just the way I see it. They want to be able to program somebody who's just going to do what they're supposed to do for the Jesuit order. That's my opinion, man. This was very mind blowing. This whole thing. I mean, it was a long read, and I apologize for, like, not reading it smoothly. Like I said, man, I was a horrible student. But I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a self-taught person, you know. I, 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 I look at this stuff on my own time. And um, I present it to you guys because I think it's an interesting thing. Um I, I, I've pretty much given a lot of my thoughts into this read, this article, or this, uh, this is a book. I think this is a book. So 
This was about the organization and training of the Jesuits. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Anyhow, I know uh, we've gone. Today's episode was kind of long, but it had a lot of really good stuff, a lot of really good information about, you know, what they go through, the Jesuit order. And, you know, we'll, we'll continue this on. This was only chapter three. So we have yet to go through more chapters. And, um, you know, hopefully I can do this more consistently. And I think I must because this is what the Lord wants me to do. He not only wants me to spread his word, but he also wants me to shed light and where light needs to be shed upon. Because this is dark stuff. This is dark stuff that needs exposure for people to know. You know, no offense against Catholic people. Look, like I said, I was raised Roman Catholic. I was baptized Roman Catholic in the beginning, but veered away from that, veered away from that church because of the things that were exposed in the early 2000s with with children. And then having to learn more things from that time to, you know, till till the late what till like 2017 you know, in, in, in uh, I wasn't I wasn't active religiously, I would say, with any kind of organized religion for a while. And I didn't even have a relationship with Christ. My relationship with Christ only came in 2017. That's when I started having a relationship. And then it got more serious back in 2020. It got serious in 2020 when I got reborn, baptized, you know, real baptized. So anyhow, um, we'll continue this on. Uh, like I said, this is part three of uh, who Loyola or who Ignatius of Loyola is and the Jesuit order. So, you know, if, if, if you feel, um, if you, uh, you know, if you, if you feel, uh, if you feel, that this has been a blessing to you. And if you want to support me, please do so. I have uh, links for my PayPal, Cash App, Venmo. Um, also my merch store. That's the be- Those are the best ways to support me. To continue to this. To continue to go on on this. Um, it's not necessary, but it does help me out a lot. It really does. So I would encourage you guys to please check my... Uh, merch store out and also those links to help support this show um i will be having a new brand new design of a shirt coming out in a few days so please there's a 30 percent uh discount going the discount coupon is bourbon 30 all in caps all one word bourbon 30 and it's 30 percent off so please support your support the uh podcast if you can Anyhow, as I uh, as I close off every show, always remember to be kind to one another. And if an opportunity presents itself to be to to help somebody to pick somebody up, please. We've all been in a situation where we needed some picking up, and it always felt good when somebody did lend their hand to pick us up. Please pick that person up, because you'll never know when you're going to need the picking up. So, with all that being said. The bar is now closed.
If I'm under a spell It's more than a passing notion I've never fallen with such devotion I can't help but wonder If it's only a dream Am I naive or can I believe That things are really as they seem Can anyone explain it How to understand what's true I know I just can't take it Whenever I'm with you I can't help but wonder If you want Cause lately I can't help but wonder How wonderful this might be I 
can't help but wonder how 